welcome to Greater Faith. You're listening to Bullies, Valleys, and Giants, a message from Pastor Aslini. We hope that today's message blesses and encourages you as you go through your day. Go in the word of the Lord with me today to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17. But instead of reading through these scriptures to you today, I'm going to just take you to the chapter, pray with you, and let you be seated because I have a wealth of scripture to bring to you today. And you've been standing for a long time. Amen. Let's pray together. Jesus, we love you. Lord, we're so thankful to be in your house with your people. Lord, I pray right now, God, that as this atmosphere has already been seated with faith, and our ears have been opened. God, I pray now that our hearts would be ready to receive. Lord, that this seed would fall on good ground. Lord, that you would speak to us, that we would have understanding. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. Give the Lord another great hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Amen. So thankful that all of you are here on this family Sunday. And it feels like family in here, doesn't it? Amen. Praise God. 1 Samuel chapter 17. And if you want to follow along, and they do have the scriptures back there. But I'm going to read verses 2 through 24. Verse 26, verses 28 and 29, and 42 through 44. This is a familiar story for most of us. And I tried to pick out scriptures to shorten it up, but, you know, it was all just so good. So I just had to leave it in there. Amen. All right, let's begin. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elah and set the battle in array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on the one side and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side. And there was a valley between them. Everybody say a valley. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. And he had a helmet of brass upon his head and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. He was a big dude. Amen. (laughs) And he had greaves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron, and one bearing a shield went before him. He wasn't just a big dude. He was a strong dude. He was somebody that could bear the weight of armor that most of us could not lift. And this giant stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are ye come out to set your battle in array? Am not I a Philistine and ye servants of Saul? I want you to get this picture. Here you have the armies of Israel on one side of a mountain. And in the midst is a valley. And on the other side 
are the armies of the Philistines and this giant named Goliath. This guy was such a big guy, such a strong guy, that he was able to stand on one side of the valley and shout to the other side of the valley. And not only were they able to hear him, but he was able to intimidate them. Why are you come out and set your battle in array? Am not I a Philistine and ye servants of Saul? Choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. If he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then will we be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall be your servants and serve us. And I just want you to notice something here. This was not a stupid giant. Because as big and as powerful and as strong as he was, he revealed a strength of the Israelites and a weakness of his own in his challenge. Because he did not dare the army to come down and fight him. He dared one man to come down and fight him. Brother Ben, you were in the Holy Ghost today when you opened this service. Because let me tell you what Goliath does. He creeps into your life and tries to isolate you and intimidate you and he dares you. Why don't you come on down here and fight me all by yourself because he's scared to death of the army that you belong to. Hallelujah. He knows if you'll stay connected to that army and that army of Israel came down, he would have no chance by himself. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. He said, if, the, if you send one down and he fight me and he's able to kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then we shall be your servants and serve you. And the Philistines said, I defy, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man. You know, it's never a good idea to allow your adversary to define the rules of engagement in the fight. Mm. Your adversary will try to change the rules and tell you how the fight is going to look. But I've got a battle plan right here that tells me how to fight. And there was a church here this morning that said, when I fight, I fight on my knees. I fight with my hands lifted high and my voice raised to heaven because I know the enemy is no match for a united army of God. Hallelujah. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now David was the son of that Ephrathite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse. And he had eight sons. And the man went among men for an old man in the days of Saul. And the three eldest sons of Jesse went and followed Saul to the battle, and the names of his three sons that went to the battle were Eliab, the firstborn, and next unto him Abinadab, and the third Shammah, and David was the youngest, and the three eldest followed Saul, but David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's 
sheep at Bethlehem. So you got dad, you got the three oldest boys. Dad stayed home. The three oldest boys went to join the army. And David got sent to the field to feed his father's sheep. And the Philistine drew near morning and evening and presented himself 40 days. Forty days. Some of you are forty days away from your victory right now. For forty days. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you, I know what I know in the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you, there are people in this room right now. The enemy's been coming out and taunting you and doing everything he can to get you to retreat from the fight that you are in. But you just keep on showing up because your day of victory is right around the corner. Mm. And Jesse said unto David his son, Take now for thy brethren an epath of this parched corn and these ten loaves, and run to the camp to thy brethren, and carry these ten cheeses unto the captain of their thousand, and look how they, thy brethren fare, and take their pledge. He said, I want you to go take this food to your brothers and see how they're doing. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah, fighting with the Philistines. And David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper and took and went as Jesse had commanded him. He was being obedient to his father. And he came to the trench. Everybody say the trench. As the host was going forth to fight, he showed up when an engagement was beginning and shouted for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had put the battle in array, army against army, and David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brother. And so again, I want you to see this. You got men on one side, men on the other. They're fighting in the valley, but nobody's gaining any ground. And the, this giant Goliath is daring them every day. Instead of everybody fighting and being in a deadlock here in the valley, send me one man and we'll settle this once and for all. Everybody with me? I know it's a lot of scripture, but stay with me. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same words. And David heard them, and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine? And taketh away the reproach from Israel. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Who is this man, this unholy, out of covenant? You sang a song today called The Covenant Keeping God. Let me tell you something right now. You better understand that when you go down in waters of baptism in Jesus' name and you are filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit, you are in covenant with God. And when you are in covenant with God, there is no giant that dare defy a child of God. Because when you're in covenant with Jesus, no matter what fight you have to fight, God has got your back. Mm. And David understood this. And he spake to the men that stood by him saying, what shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the man. And Eliab's anger was kindled 
against David. His brother was jealous. He was angry. And he said, why camest thou? thou Aren't you glad you don't talk like this anymore? My God. Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? What are you doing here, David? Who'd you leave the sheep with? Why aren't you taking care of your business? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep? I know thy pride, the naughtiness of thine heart. For thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. You're just here to see a show, David. And David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? David said, you can inspect my motives. He said, I see a cause worth fighting for here today. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. I want to preach to you this morning on this thought. Bullies, valleys, and giants. Bullies, valleys, and giants. First of all, this morning I want you to note that David had already been forced. We didn't read about these things this morning, but you've heard of them, no doubt, at some point in your life. David had already been forced to overcome many Things before this story even begins. First thing that David had to overcome was rejection. When the prophet came to anoint a new king, his dad thought so little of David that he didn't even call him into the room to be considered to be anointed. Dad didn't count him worthy. And I, as I studied this and read this out, this is what I felt like the Lord told me to describe to you today. That we must be willing to get past our hurts, our rejection, and our pain. Mm. Let me tell you something. When you come into this house and you begin your journey, the first thing that's going to come to the surface is your pain. The first thing that rises to the top are the hurts and the wounds that you have dealt with in life. It's your first decision. Am I going to stay open so that I can be healed? Or am I going to push this pain below the surface and not deal with it? And some people leave on day one because their first time in the presence of God, wounds and pains and hurts and rejections come rising to the surface. And they think, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to mess with that. It's too painful. It's too hard. Let me tell you something. It's worth dealing with the pain. It may not be pretty. It may not feel good, but God wants to administer healing, and the only way you can get healing for your pain is if you make your spirit vulnerable to an almighty God who loves you and is gracious to you and wants to heal your life. It was David's relationship with his heavenly father that helped him heal from the wounds of his earthly father. He had to get over rejection. 
And then David had to accept responsibility. He was responsible for his relationship with God. But he was also responsible. He had a delegated duty. He was responsible for faithfully caring for the sheep. Your acceptance of responsibility makes room for relationship with God in your life. David could have shirked that responsibility, said, you don't even count me as a son. You go take care of your own sheep. But when David humbled himself in obedience and said, Dad, I'm going to do what you ask me to do. You know what happened? A space became available in his life for him to walk with God, for him to talk with God, for him to write psalms unto God. There was room for relationship in the context of responsibility. Ah. Relationship without responsibility is called an affair. I'm here for what I can take, but I, want, I don't want the responsibility of a relationship. Mm. Ah. I just want what makes me feel good, but I don't want to be anchored down and responsible for anything. Mm. If you want a shallow relationship with God, then just come and take, take, take. But when God opens the door to responsibility for you in the church, and he says, here's a place where you can serve. Here's a place where you can give of yourself. You know what he's doing? He's inviting you into a space where your relationship with him can grow. He's offering you an anchor point in the kingdom. If you'll take care of my sheep, this will keep you when the storms of life come. If you take this responsibility and serve in this area this will keep you when rejection tries to push you out the back door he's making room for relationship to grow in your life mm. hallelujah he overcame rejection he accepted responsibility and he overcame predators what are predators? He slayed the lion and the bear. But what does that mean? That means there's private battles and private victories. That can only be won when you have accepted the responsibility and the relationship that God offers to you. Oh, hallelujah. Because you know what you're going to find? You're going to find that in that relationship and in that responsibility, uh, there were other things in this world uh, that got a hold of your mind, uh, that got a hold of your affections, uh, that got a hold of your heart, uh, and they lurk in the shadows like that lion and that bear, uh, and they're looking for an opportunity to strike, uh, to destroy what God's been doing in your life. Uh, but let me tell you, something huh? when you're walking with God huh? when you're owning the relationship huh? when you're owning the responsibility huh? and that bear steps out huh? that thing steps out huh? that predator huh? manifests himself huh? and tries to destroy you huh? there will be a confidence huh? inside of you huh? that says huh? I've got to take care of the sheep huh? I've got to take care of my responsibility there is a relationship at stake huh? 
that's more important than self-preservation. These three things set David up privately for God to use him publicly. Before David could become king, hear it, he had to go through the trench of transition. Mm. Greater faith, I've come to preach to you this morning that this church right now is in the trench of transition. Mm. Hallelujah. We are transitioning from carnality to spirituality, from worldliness to godliness, from a reprobate mind to the mind of Christ, from ego to humility, from selfishness to service, from inconsistency to consistency, from faithlessness to faithfulness, from doubt to faith, from filth to righteousness, from our image to his image. We are transitioning from bound to free, from defeated to victorious, from sick to healed, from cursed to blessed, from greater to greater to greater. We are in the trench of transition. We are in that turnaround right now. We are in that transformation right now. So I've come with a word for you today. Victory's on the horizon. So don't you give up and don't you quit because God is doing the work. We talked about his private battles. Now I want to talk about what he faced publicly. Let's talk about bullies. Any of you ever known a bully before? Any of you ever been a bully before? Nobody wants to own that one. First, I want you to note that it was serving that sent David to the next level of growth. He was willing to feed the sheep. See, when God opens a door for you to take on kingdom service, kingdom responsibility, he's opening a door to growth and spiritual promotion in your life. Be careful about brushing off kingdom opportunities to serve. Mm. Choosing to bring cheese or not bring cheese may be the difference on where you end up. David was choosing. (laughs) He wasn't just choosing to go or not go, to serve or not serve. What David was really choosing when he said yes to feed his brothers, he was choosing his next level of influence, his next level of authority, his next level of kingdom perception. Mm. By choosing to serve, he was accepting the Lord's invitation to take him out of obscurity. And put him in a position of influence. There's a difference between bullies and predators. The difference is 
Bullies can talk. Predators growl. They roar. They pounce. But bullies talk trash. When David arrived in the valley, it was the very ones that he was sent to feed that became the bullies in his life. It was his brethren that bullied him. I don't want you to miss this. There are people in this room right now that need to hear this, that if you walk away with nothing else, there are a few people in here today that you need this word. On the road of your greatest transformations, there will be bullies that try to discourage you, that question your motives, that try to bruise your belief. Mm. Mm. You know why sometimes it's the family around you that tries to bully you? Because they're stuck and you're passing them by. Mm. Mm. They were too fearful to change. And they don't want to see you grow because they know they missed their opportunity when it was extended to them. Let me tell you something. Let the stuck be stuck. Mm. They're too fearful to change and they don't want you to pass them by. Huh. I encourage you today to keep on walking. Don't you let bullies cause you to make camp when you should be collecting stones for the fight. Don't let bullies catch you up in a conversation that you were never meant to engage in. David took no time to defend himself or answer their accusation. Because he had his eyes set on the other side of that valley. He had his eyes set on victory. So you let the bullies talk. And you let them say whatever they want to say. But you set your eyes on the other side of that valley. And say, God, nobody's going to talk me out of my victory. Nobody's going to talk me out of where you are taking me. I've got my eyes set on the horizon of transformation in my life. Valleys. Now, all of us are excited about our transformation, our turnaround, right? Come on, you can do better than that. We're all excited about the turnaround, amen? Mm, now, let's be honest. Some of us, and you don't have to lift your hands, feel a little lost, a little upended disoriented, unsure. Why is that? It's because your environment is changing. The scenery, the people, the atmosphere, the expectation, the experience, it's all changing. And you're not sure if you got lost or if you're in the right place or if you took a wrong turn. Where am I? Welcome to the Valley of Elah. It's the trench of transition. Between current comfort and the next dimension of growth is the trench of transition. It's a valley. It's got rough terrain. 
It's got jagged rocks, steep cliffs, and narrow paths. It's a place where the wrong footing can cost you on the journey. It's a place where your only choice is to walk forward on the path in front of you. Turning around is too dangerous and wandering off is too risky. It's an uncomfortable walk through the valley as your mindsets, your opinions, and perhaps even some of your beliefs are challenged. It's a place where you must be able to discern between the voice of the flesh and the voice of the Spirit. It's a place where you have to learn to trust the leading of the Holy Ghost. The trench is not a place to set up camp. It's a pass-through point. If you're going to the next dimension of growth with God, you're going to have to be willing to allow Him to lead you into a new environment and to walk you through the valley. You're going to have to follow Him through that trench of transition. And do you know what will make it? will help you make it through the trench? Trust. That's what the valley demands. If you make it past the bullies and you're inside the valley, the only thing that's going to get you to the other side is trust. You've got to say, God, everything's uncomfortable. I don't recognize what's going on around me. Everything seems different, but I'm just going to keep holding your hand and I'm going to keep walking with you because, God, I believe you're leading me somewhere. I believe you got a plan for the other end of this trench. I'm going to hold your hand through this valley. Mm. Bullies, valleys, and giants. Mm. After overcoming your hurts, and I'm closing, accepting responsibility, defeating your predators, surpassing your bullies, and navigating the trench, there is a battlefield. With a giant. Mm. Notice everything David has overcome so far. Hear this. Five things we've talked about. And every one has been internal. It's been a victory he had to get on the inside. He had to learn how to trust God. He had to learn how to not listen to the voice of the bullies. He had to learn how to fight against the predator. He had to accept the responsibility and the relationship. And he had to be willing to be healed. All of them were personal things. They were battles of self. But now there is a real opposition that is outside of self. There is a giant. There is an adversary. And let me tell you where giants live. Giants live at the border of your personal victories. They live right at the perimeter of your growth. And those giants are watching. Well, I see them getting a victory in this. I never thought they'd overcome anger. But look, they're overcoming anger. Never thought. Never thought they'd overcome lust. 
but their overcoming love. Never thought they'd be a worshiper, but they're worshiping. Huh? Never thought they'd conquer that addiction, huh? but they're winning. Never thought they'd start to pray, but they're praying. Never thought they'd be faithful, but they're faithful. Never thought, never thought they'd be a giver. Never thought they'd be a prayer warrior. Never thought they'd be a servant in the kingdom of God. And that giant's watching every move you make and every personal victory you have. And he's standing staunchly at the border Ah. their job you can stand is to keep you from advancing a giant's job is to keep you camped out on a hillside of fear to keep you constantly on the defensive so you never take any territory How many of you were here on that Wednesday night when I preached to you, get out of Shiloh? Let me tell you something. If you didn't hear it, you need to go back and listen to it. Because I got a declaration for this church today. I'm telling you right now. I see the giants lined up at the territory of growth for Greater Faith Apostolic Church. But I'm shouting right back and I'm not intimidated and this church is going to take territory in the name of Jesus Christ. If you see a giant on your horizon, congratulations. That means you're progressing through the valley. That means you're walking forward through Elah. That means you are navigating that trench of transition in your life. Greater faith is not going to set up camp in Elah. (laughs) We aren't going to live in transition forever. We are moving through transition. We are going to win our personal battles. And then we are going to take an offensive stand against every giant that would dare oppose our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. Brother Rusty, we gathered here on Thursday night for a prayer meeting. And the Holy Ghost began to move and direct this prayer meeting. And we began to call out giants in the land in which we live, didn't we? Uh, We started calling out infirmity. We called out apathy. Mm. We called out these giants that have been impinging upon the growth of the church and revival for too long. But I've come to serve notice to Goliath and his brothers that there isn't one giant in this land that greater faith apostolic church is not going to be willing to fight. We are shifting from the defensive to the offensive. We are changing the mindset and we are moving in to take territory for Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Mmm. There are people standing at different places in their journey all across this room. Some of you are dealing with hurts. Some of you feel the call of commitment and responsibility in the church and you're not sure 
if you want to receive it or reject it. Some of you are dealing with bullies. Voices of confusion that have come in to try to disrupt what God is doing in your life. And some of you just feel unsure navigating this new terrain. No matter where you are. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. We're all going to go to the other side together. In Jesus' name. And I can think of nothing better than to close this family Sunday with a family prayer. Thanks for joining with us today. Be sure to check us out online at greaterfaith.church or find us on Facebook by searching My Greater Faith. There you can watch this sermon and others, as well as live stream all available services. If you like what you heard today, be sure to follow our podcast for new sermons and Bible studies as they become available. Greater faith. Everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect. And anything's possible.